Welcome back to the Catholic Pursuit, a first-person point of view on the journey to holiness. This is your host, Marcus, and I'm joined by my dear friend, Nicholas. And today we're going to talk about the what should a Catholic young man do before he enters a relationship. So basically, what does a Catholic single man, what, what should he be pursuing? How should he be ha- behaving in a world that is pulling him away from his faith in almost every area? Whether that's the internet, social media, his friends, oftentimes the influences we're experiencing are not holy. They're not influencing us in a way that gets us closer to God. Do you agree, Nicholas? Yeah, I agree. The hardest part about being religious and about being a Catholic is pulling yourself away from all those things of the world that Satan wants to take up your time with because they're they're very they can very easily become time consuming if you don't watch yourself very carefully. A lot of people spend all day playing video games and you know if you spend too much time at work, work is a necessity, but if work becomes your life, you don't have enough time for God. God needs to be central in your life. You need to think about him and all the big decisions you make. And it's just really easy to get sidetracked in today's day and age. And by today's day and age, I'm sure it has never been different. It's just people didn't used to get distracted by things like the television and I think it's a Amazon. lot. I think distractions are a lot more mainstream now than they have been before. Maybe I think before you would get you would get distracted by things like, you know, you'd have Friends. to walk to the, you know, you'd have to walk to get your food every day, and mm-hmm. you'd have to more basic rote things than entertainment. But yeah, I agree with you. I think most, I think the biggest responsibility for a Catholic man is to have a heart of a teacher, but the heart of a teacher has to be knowledgeable, right? So it's like. We have a obligation to understand the faith, to believe it, but also to understand it, know what we believe, right? Because we have to pass that on to our families. Like if marriage is yeah. your vocation, you have to have the heart of a teacher and, the, and to be a father, you have to know what you are going to be teaching. So yeah. to kind of like take the time and consume and absorb the faith to take the time to educate yourself and appreciate the in-depth intricacies of Catholicism. I think that's one thing, but you know, that comes back to what you're saying about not being distracted, is you have to actually have a heart of a learner first in order to be a teacher. So it's kind of like as we're growing up, as we're starting to, to become adolescents, it's almost like an obligation for us to become absorbed and, and attracted to the faith in a very intimate way. And I think that's true with any Catholic but I think it's extremely important for people who are going into the vocation of fatherhood mm-hmm. in order to, you know, learn and absorb the faith. But, you know, not being distracted is a critical component of that. Yeah, that's... If you want to raise kids, you want to raise your kids to be the best version of yourself. Hopefully better than yourself, but you need to be as good as you can be going into going into a marriage or going in... Well, yeah, going into a marriage. Um... And you need to know when to set your kids straight and what to tell them to do. What You need to know what they have to learn. You can't teach them without knowing it yourself. Um, and, you know, that's not all your job. You need to know that you need to get them to a church. The entire theology of the church is not your job, but you have to know, you have to know right from wrong, and you have to be convicted of it. If you are wishy-washy and you're just kind of floating through life, 
you're not going to give your kids a strong foundation to mm-hmm. become strong people. You've got to be, you've got to have a strong household in order to give your kids a good basic definition of right and wrong and that, and that they're very different things. That really, there is, there is gray area, but the gray area is most certainly made up of good and bad. And it's, it's a difficult thing to balance for sure. I think especially as we're starting to enter our more teenage years, you know, we start to find attraction in women and we start to find these things that can be distractive from us having vicar in the faith, right? Because women, distracting? Never. Women have a large influence over men. Like the, I mean, that's what makes them the heart of the home is like they, they really do have an influence over men. So a responsibility of a man is to maintain, you know, a sense of purity and a sense of mindfulness about what type of woman could be a parent, right? And that comes back to understanding the faith. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be attracted to the faith in someone else as well. Yeah, I like the way you put that. You have to, you used some good words there um, a couple minutes back. So you have to know the faith intimately. You have to, and that's true because you have to understand you have to understand your relationship with God in order to look for that in somebody else. I 100% agree. You know, because purity is something that you see only when you're pure or you're so unpure that it's off-putting to you when you see it. It's kind of one of those two things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think kind of going off of what you said, um, when you know the faith intimately, you will see it in other people and their behavior and in their actions and the way they talk, right? But right. I think part of being a young Catholic man is, is part of it is knowing the faith, but it's also knowing what isn't and what behavior is not going to be a good influence on your children. For example, and I think this is kind of um, important, your kids cannot choose their parent, but you can choose a partner. Yeah. So you have to ensure that, and you know, the biggest influence on your kids are going to be your wife or their mother. Yeah. So that's an obligation is to put yourself in a shoes where it's like you, for one, have vicar in the faith. You know it intimately and you're convicted of it. Then, only then can you start looking for a spouse. Yeah. Because if you start looking for a spouse without those things, you won't be viewing relationship and marriage in those eyes, through those eyes and through that lens. So it's kind of like until you know the faith intimately, it's almost in a way dangerous to be pursuing a relationship with someone. Yeah, I would, I would agree, especially, um, well, we're coming from the, we're coming from the idea that you're not going to have kids until you're married. Um, you're going to abstain until you're married. Um, but it is, this is one of the problems I think with our society today. And I'm sure it's always been somewhat of a problem, but it is, it is more of a problem than it has been in a long time that are, that parents of the world are not ready to have kids when they start having kids. And I think, What's so interesting about that is you find young Catholic couples having kids at 22, 23, 24, Mm -hmm. who are far better parents than people who are 34, 35, 
who are in the secular realm. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because, not about age. It's about spiritual maturity. I, I 100% agree with you. And that's where the fundamental nature of a vicar, intimacy with the faith, comes in. Because that component grows you far faster than just, quote-unquote, experiences in the world. And I believe that with my whole heart because I've seen it in so many young people, you know, that are 30 years old when they get married. They have kids, and, and they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have one kid, and then you have this couple who's 30 years old that's Catholic who has six kids already. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like that emotional and spiritual maturity comes from a deep understanding and, and conviction of the faith. Because if you believe that wholeheartedly, the responsibility of being a father, of being a husband, you will rely heavily on God to produce that maturity for you. Because you're hollowing yourself out for God. And you know, I can do all things in Christ who who strengthens me. And when you firmly believe that, you act like it. You know, you're constantly asking for help, being like, I can't do it. I'm not, I'm not strong enough. Like, but you've given me this responsibility. You've given me this great multitude of benefits, and you've given me this great woman. How can I serve you in the position of fatherhood? And when you do that, and God responds, you grow at a much faster rate than people who are 30 years old and having kids. Yeah, that's what... That's what you said, and that's why I wanted to make the distinction between age and spiritual maturity. You said um, people that have a lot of experience in the world. The world is not what you need to have experience in. The world is... Now, there are certain elements of the world, you know, survival, how to do taxes, how to, you know, keep a family running, keep a household running um, in society, but those can be learned a lot more easily than spiritual maturity that's the most important thing because i think you don't want to learn that on the fly because if you're learning on the fly and you start to become a better person as you teach your kids which will happen regardless but if you're not a good enough person in the first place then your kids are going to start learning you know what's interesting and i think this is a testament to what you're saying because if you focus first on the development of your religion and the development of your faith you are building the trunk of the tree that is rooted firmly in the ground. Then when you start learning and practicing the worldly, the things you have to have to function in society, you know, like you said, your taxes, um, buying a car, finances, um, you know, working, working skills yeah. and all of those things. Those are the branches. But what's interesting is when a tsunami comes, no matter how strong the branches are, if the roots aren't grounded in conviction in something greater than you, you're taken out. Good metaphor. Good metaphor. You know, so it's like if the if the very trunk of who you are is the faith and you're convicted in that, the branches are grounded in something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get distracted by things in the world, even things that the more mature world places a lot of value on, such as work, gaining work experience, um, networking, college. networking, college, yeah. All of these things are, to an extent, a distraction from our real purpose here on earth, which is to to know, love, and serve our Lord and Savior. Um, and you got to balance them always. You always, you never want to take time away from God because he deserves as much time as you can possibly afford to give him that that's another good point because i think that in my own life has been the most 
difficult thing to do well because God only speaks to you when you're not hustling, when you're not running around, when you're not anxious, when you're not fighting, when you're not stressed, when you're not working because that is the moment you are allowing him time to communicate with you, Mm -hmm. right? So 10 minutes before you go to bed, 15 minutes before you go to bed, like just give him that silence where you're just kneeling on the ground and you're in, you're saying to him, talk to me. And in a way we can look at God as an introvert in a way, because the only time an introvert truly says the wisdom they have is when you shut up. God doesn't, God isn't going to tell you what to do. He's not going to yell over the noise. You have to listen to him. That's, you have to give him silence to talk. Yeah, you have to ask him for help, and you have to ask him to tell you what you need to know. Um, I Driving the car for me is a great time to pray because you're kind of, you know, you're, your brain's doing most of the work. You don't have to analyze every little line on the road. You're just going down the road, staying a safe different distance from everybody else, keeping your speed constant. Keeping an eye on people doing weird things if you're on the highway or whatever. But um, any road activity like that is a great time to just think about something greater. Say some prayers, contemplate, and place your hope in God. And I really believe that it's kind of an obligation of a young Catholic man prior to being in a relationship with a woman is to be in a place where time with God isn't the last thing that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you think your life is crazy as a single person, (laughs) wait till you, you know, like a woman will only take time from you. They're not going to give you time. That's for sure. Right. So you have to be intentional with giving God time. You know, whether that's in the car, yeah. whether that's late at night, early in the morning, somewhere, somehow you have to be giving God time. And in a way, even when you're working, you can say little prayers um, here and there. You know, like the memorari for when you hear an ambulance, the Hail Mary and Our Father. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone tells you that, you know, their their neighbor is sick or their their friend's daughter has leukemia. Like little moments like yeah. that. And you just take that time to give it to God and say, like, please help that person and say, Hail Mary. Lord, I offer up the suffering of this day. For, the inten- for your intentions and for the souls in purgatory. Tiny little prayers like that remind you constantly of why you're here. Mm-hmm. But you have to be in a place as a man to have a heart for God before you can have a heart for a woman. Because unless you're there, you won't be a good father or a good husband. Yeah, if you can put God before, especially when doing other activities, if you can put God before, or at least... Remember that God is the reason that you're here. God is the reason you were created. Um, It can kind of, I don't want to say undermine, but it can remind you what's important in life. When you're at work or when you're doing a hobby or when you're just working around the house and you hear an ambulance or, you know, you you have a bad thought, you know, things aren't going well, things aren't going well in the country. You just take a second and go, God's got this. I don't need to worry about it because a lot of what I'm going to do is just worry about it. And that's not going to help anybody. God's got this taken care of. 
and let it go. So I think this is um, where we're kind of going to a point where it's a little bit more controversial in a way because I kind of want to get into this because, you know, what are the most prevalent sins for a young man? I think that's lying, obviously, because that's been around for, for centuries. No, it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> nice lie. Um, but you also have newer sins that have been created via the internet, like pornography, right? And especially more addictive sins, whether it's like smoking, pornography. Um, There's a lot of hate on the internet. People forget about the fact that thou shalt not kill. Does not stop at thou shalt not kill. Your harm is included in thou shalt not kill. If there is intent to harm and there is effective harm, whether it's emotional harm or physical harm, if, you know, bullying, cyberbullying people, or just, you know, if you get into arguments with people online and you're not civil and you just attack their character and like bring up things that may or may not even be true, just slander them online, that's against the... I mean, uh, that's bearing false witness against your yeah, neighbor. that's bearing false witness against your neighbor. Um, or if you're just saying things that just don't need to be said, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. If you're saying things, if you're just hurting people's reputation to try to up your own online reputation, gain more useless internet points, you are, that's, that's harming people for no reason. That's against the, is that the fourth commandment? I almost said amendment. Is that, the, <laughs> is that against the fourth commandment? Which commandment? Fourth is thou shalt not kill, right? No, it's like fifth? the seventh. No, it's the fifth. You're right. It's, it's the fifth. fifth okay. Commandment. Dude, we need to learn this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the fourth is honor your father and mother. That's correct, yeah. Then thou shalt not kill. Yeah, it's number five. Um, one thing that I think is really controversial, and this is kind of what I was getting at, is I think from a Catholic woman's perspective, you should not enter a relationship, let alone consider, contemplate, think about marrying someone who's addicted to pornography, which statistically is 98.65% of guys or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you have to pressure him kindly that, or at least put the relationship, like you have to give him that ultimatum. Why? Because one, it's an addictive sin that will uh, trickle down into your marriage and all of these things that will lead down to a lustful mentality that will go down and further possibly lead to cheating. Like it's this very long train of sins that brought about lying. Mm -hmm. So the flip side of that is as a Catholic man, pornography cannot be there in your life if you are going to enter a relationship, especially with a Catholic woman. Mm -hmm. That is a very, very, very difficult thing to do. You yeah. know, because it's really addictive. It's okay. easy. It's accessible. It feels great. It's designed to be addictive. It's, uh, it's been studied. It's been studied plenty. And dopamine's a drug just like any other. So, well, saying so just like any other, it's a lot more addictive than some others because your body is designed... Well, it makes it itself. It's designed to, you know, be used by your body. So, yeah, and it it's just works very well. It's very sad the percentage and accessibility, the percentages of men and the accessibility there is to pornography. But that's going to be one of the most monumental tasks 
as a young man before entering a relationship. And I think it's truly, truly critical. And to the young women listening, this should be an expectation of yours. Hold the man who claims to love you and God so much accountable for a sin that's so prevalent. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. So work with the priest. Don't give up on him. Don't abandon him. But work with him. Pray with him. Get the priest involved. Find ways to help him grow in that area. Mm-hmm. And as a young man, be honest enough with yourself, with God, and with her to say, I need help. If you truly want to get to heaven above all else, the embarrassment of being addicted to pornography will not stop you. It can't stop you. It shouldn't stop you. And that's where you're prioritizing your pride and ego above your own faith. Now, I heard, a, I heard a speech, a commencement speech, that said, ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. <laughs> oh, boy, is that right. So don't let your ego, your pride, stop you from being honest with the one you claim to love. And, you know, it's just one of those sins that's going to be there for a very long time. But you have to fight and fight so hard to get off of it before you enter a serious relationship. Let alone fight every day. You know, like this is something that you need to solve before you consider a relationship. Like if you're addicted to pornography, women should not be a question in your brain right now. It should be get over this sin, free myself from this addiction, put myself in good grace with God, and then think about a woman. You have to be working towards. And I and I can say that this has been a mistake with myself. He's like, I've had difficulties doing that. You know, prioritizing my faith above those things. And it's been a very difficult journey, and it's been something that's not the most comfortable thing. But I recognize that, and I don't think I'm the only one in the world. Statistically. (laughs) Definitely not. So, be bold, be brave, be compassionate, be fervent in your desire to be better. And work with your priest, work with... You know, if there's already a woman in the equation, work with the girl to help get you back in good graces with God. Yeah. Then you can be a good father. And don't give up. Remember that any woman that you are going to love, any woman that you're going to marry, they're going to have their own problems too. And they likely won't be the same because men and women aren't built the same. But you have to you have to know how to be with God and you know you have to know how to love God so that you can help your partner love God and so that you can be sincere I agree 100% and I think ultimately it's a responsibility of a young Catholic man to stand up for what he claims to believe convict himself of those beliefs burn them onto his heart indelibly to work with his priest to get himself in good graces with God and with good graces in his conscience, to prepare himself for the responsibilities of fatherhood, to be prepared to be the breadwinner, to bring home, and ultimately to put God first, a woman second, and his family third. Because if you do those things, you will have not only the most fruitful marriage, and beautiful kids who are glorious before the eyes of God, but you'll be able to look in the mirror and say, I did my best.
I tried. I fought like hell, pun intended, to make it work. <laughs> yeah. If if you're resting easy, you're doing something wrong. Amen to that. <laughs> it's or if you're complacent. Like I think oftentimes guys get complacent with good enough or you know, my only sin is pornography or I only lie a couple times. Yeah, let me ju- you know, if you just got one little sin, then you're, you know, still going to burn in hell forever. So <laughs> And I, I say that with humor. I said that humorously, but the problem is one continuous sin. That means that's it. Especially that is the most important issue in your life. That's the reason the others were you were able to leave behind. And it may not be pornography, but I think, well, me and Marcus can agree that pornography is one of the biggest ones for so that's been a problem. I, I, and I, sorry to keep cutting you off, but um, it's the reason we're talking about it is because it's the most persistent. And if it's if it's the only sin or if it's the sin you have the most trouble with, that's because it's the biggest deal. The rest of them, you're just equipped to fight better. And that means it's the one that's make or break. It's the one that do that's do or die. If you don't fight it with every fiber of your being and you don't win, then you're done for. Think about it like this. You know, Our Lady of Fatima said, most people will go to hell for the sins of the flesh. I want you to just take a moment and think about this logically. The average porn user use it at least three times a week most daily well let's think about it this way if we go to confession on sunday we view pornography on a tuesday we will not go to heaven if we die from tuesday back to sunday the majority of your week if you were to die you would have no chance of getting to heaven because of one sin, one addiction, one problem. This is not a question of, I should do it because I love God. This is, this is a necessity for your salvation. Like Fearing God is acceptable too. If you read the act of contrition, oh my God, I'm partly sorry for having offended thee and I detest all my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell. But most of all, because I've offended thee, my God. Fear of God and fear of going to hell, true, true sincere fear, is enough to get you to heaven. I mean, but think about it in in a way of where it's like it's a combined thing because you have fear of the Lord as one of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. But you also have the sorrow of offending one that you claim to love and who loves you so much, right? Right? This, guys, if you want to get to heaven and you're having an addiction with pornography, it's a now or never type thing. Like, Don't put it off. There, there's no way to heaven with an addiction to pornography. Like, There's just not. And, and, and for the modern world to be you know, 98% addicted on, on the men's side and I think it's 74% on women, where are we going? Most of my generation will go to hell because of one sin and one sin only. We're not even talking about the, the, the atrocious amount of other sins. 
just one sin alone is probably going to be responsible for at least 70% of my generation going to hell. At least, if not 85. It's not a it's not a question of should I do it? Or is it the right thing to do? You will go to hell if you watch porn on a regular basis. It's a question of have I stopped? Am I not have I won? Yeah, it's pretty simple the worst part is guys is it's like don't go to the the other end of the spectrum and be like you know i'm like such a terrible person that there's no way i'll ever go to heaven and god could never love me don't go don't go there either because that's also a sin depression is a sin yeah like self-induced depression not a chemical imbalance okay being uh despair is the better way to having say despair it. yeah because god will always forgive you if you come to him with a true contrition but part of that true contrition is the sincere valiant attempt at never committing that sin again so guys we just encourage you guys to prepare to prepare for yourself if you're you know if you're a younger man 12 13 14 prepare yourself to conceal your eyes and your emotions to learn to handle the raging hormones through your body as you as you go through puberty. Don't start watching pornography out of curiosity. Don't be looking up things you shouldn't be looking up for out of curiosity. It is the beginning of one of the worst and most frustrating spiritual battles you will ever deal with for the rest of your life. Don't do it. And as for a guy who's been struggling with it or dealing with it, pray there is hope. There's grace in who God is. There's forgiveness and there's mercy. If you give him your heart and you try your very best and dig down to who you are and the core of what your being is and say, God, I can't do it, you know, work with him. And he will use Mary, pray to Mary, ask for her intercession, pray to the saints, pray to your guardian angel, beg to Saint Michael. You have many, 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 many friends on your side just have to ask they want to be there they want to help you give them the opportunity and the freedom to help you pray often and when you are in God's graces use that use that holy state of mind to set yourself up for success because the temptations are going to come and there's nothing you can do about it you have to set yourself up so that when the temptations come you've got You've got outs. You've got other options. You need to change habits. When you have a feeling come on, when you have a temptation come on that you want to go um, watch pornography, then you need to you need to figure out something else to do. You need to put your phone away and go do something else. You need a good distraction. You need to not set yourself up for failure. You need to not set yourselves up for failure in such situations as just scrolling through your phone in the bathroom. You know, take a book, take, I don't know, take a Lego race car, a piece of cardboard. I don't know. <laughs> Something that does not have an occasion of sin at your fingertips. I totally agree. You know, and I think as we close this podcast out, guys, be intentional. Be intentional in all that you do. 
avoid the occasion of sin. Work with your priest. They are here as a second Jesus for a reason. They're here for you. They're here to pray for you, to hear your confessions, to give you spiritual guidance. Your parents, I know it's an awkward conversation. But it needs to happen. But let me, let me, let me ask you this question. What's going to be more awkward? You're not having the conversation with your parents, and then you know, you're in a conversation with Jesus on your judgment, and he's like, so why didn't you talk to your parents? Which question's more awkward? Because <laughs> I guarantee you that when he asks you that question, you're going to wish you asked your parents. <laughs> That's for sure. So guys, as we close this one out, just be intentional. Work with God. Work with those around you. And always pray, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. If you guys enjoy this podcast, please share it with your fellow Catholic friends. Um, if you're interested in supporting this channel, there is a description to pick up some good Catholic merch to represent the faith. It's good the first Catholic link in the merch. description. We'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you to our guest, Nicholas, for joining, and we'll see you guys in the next episode.